0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Welcome to Gridiron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio and Apple Podcast. Your host Oscar Lopez, alongside the WFA All-Star, Holly Custis. We will not have Troy Wilson in today, but uh, hopefully he'll be back uh, next week. We're going to be talking about college football. We're going to talk about women's gridiron news and notes as well, and uh, a lot of things to catch up on in terms of the game. And we're also going to have today – in the No Joke Football Huddle, uh, Ashley Hayes and Tokyo are the players for the Los Angeles Warriors of the WFA as they get ready for their uh, 2018 season, and uh, they're excited uh, to play in there. Um, the sad news is we will not have, a, you know, breaking this week is the uh, Angels, the California War Angels, are no more. So, Holly, let's start with the uh, women's gridiron news because the, some of these things are developing in the off season. and now we get, you know, the Majestics to the IWFL, uh, Majestics full-kitted with, uh, you know, Under Armour now, kind of a big news there for the IWFL. We don't know if the rest of the teams are going to be fitted with Under Armour. But other than that, um, so let's talk about this, this uh, Cal War Angels no more um, news that just broke out.
0: Um. Yeah, it, it's something that uh, I've been hearing rumors about for a minute, and so it was just you know confirmed uh, more recently here. Um, from my understanding, you know they, they've been around for several years. They've been very competitive. They, they've they've done very well for themselves. And from my understanding, um, you know this this has been a discussion for the last couple of years with them, and um, but it's definitely a big. Uh, ordeal and it leaves a huge hole in uh, the state of California, especially. Um, and that I think teams like uh, the Los Angeles Warriors are, are going to benefit from. Um, as uh, the Central California Angels um, are ending, you're going to have players that are still going to want to play, and um, they'll look around to see what teams they can uh, logistically get to. Uh, so it's definitely a, a big deal. It's been
1: a, a show organization within the league um, and uh, they'll be missed for sure. Now the conflict WSA owner, uh, Lisa King was actually also the owner of the, of the angels from what we were told. So there were some issues there in the past with a lot of players and including owners that there was a conflict of interest. So I don't know if that was, that was a big factor for obviously, the uh, you know, dissolving the team, but uh that was some of the rumors, but prior to that,
0: well, I mean, the the hard part about women's.
1: Are you there, Holly? I don't know if we dropped off on Holly here, um, but um, we'll keep it going here. Um, the war angels had a, a history pretty much at this point um, and of basically having uh, the team in the playoffs, there was a conflict of interest in terms of some people, some players, some owners thought that that was just not right to have a, the WFA owner, also the owner of this, you know, successful other team in obviously in, in central Cal. So that's dissolved at this point that will benefit the Warriors uh, we'll talk to Ashley Hayes, and we'll talk to uh, Tokyo on the uh, LA Warriors. That so we come up here in a, in a little bit. We'll talk to them and see how that turns out in terms of how it benefits them, as you're uh, alluding here, uh, Holly. So um, probably dead zone going on as well. I've had that all day today myself. So, uh, so but um, Holly, this is is a, okay?
2: this
1: is kind of a, no problem. This is kind of a step, like you said, it, it gives an opportunity to another market to stand out, especially when it comes down to the west coast side.
0: Definitely. Uh, Sorry about that. We had a large storm kind of last night. We had wind that was, you know, 40 miles per hour. And so since that time, my phone's been acting weird. But, yes, you're absolutely right. Since uh, Central Cal is out, it's going to, um, you know, those players that were playing for them that are able to and still want to are going to disperse to different teams. I mean, that's usually what happens when I've seen teams fold or 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 leave for a minute. Um, and you definitely see a lot of movement this off season. There's a lot of movement every off season with women's football, but it seems like this off season is a lot more intense than um, the many years that I can remember. And uh, so we just kind of have to hang on and see how all the pieces fall. All
1: right. Uh, big news came out this week. Uh, DC Divas announced that FS1, Fox Sports 1, and NFL Films uh, were going to showcase Allie Hamlin on, on the, uh, the piece will be Diva D- Detective. And that aired today, November 14th at 12 noon Pacific and 3 p.m. Eastern. I'm, I'm assuming it will be replayed. We'll look for it on the YouTube so we can share the whole piece together. But at this point, uh, pretty awesome, awesome deal there. NFL Films uh, focusing on probably one of the one of the most legendary players in the U.S. game, uh, in Ali Hamlin.
0: Yes, um, unfortunately, wasn't able to watch it. Uh, You know, I was at work, but I definitely am excited. I think you know the DC Divas have done a great job uh, with getting. Their, their players and their organization out in the media. And this is an excellent opportunity uh, for Allie, and she definitely deserves it. And I think from a um, a sports context and a bigger scope, she yeah. has a great storyline. Because not only is she, um, you know, a, a legendary athlete in our sport, she also is legendary in her profession And she's also a really good person. So you combine the three aspects of that, and it's a really good way to get exposure for our sport. And so I'm excited to watch it.
1: And the replay will uh, will be pretty much probably today or tomorrow. So uh, check it out if you have uh, uh, FS1. uh, Just check out for the replay. It's NFL Films. It's Diva Detective. And it's featuring Allie Hamlin. Alex uh, like said, the legendary DC Diva, two-time champion, WFA champion as well. So it's an awesome, awesome thing there for by NFL Films. So uh, looking forward to that and, and watching the piece. I did I got a glimpse of it, so it's done very well done, sort of like the World Football Games was done. So uh, we're looking forward to that as well. And congratulations to the Divas and to uh, Allie for an amazing career at this point and, and showcasing her on both sides, uh, off the field and on the field. So awesome. It's pretty awesome.
0: Definitely. I mean, anything that NFL films is involved in, you know, is going to be good. And uh, so, you know, we need that kind of exposure with that kind of production level. Um, You know, when you watch NFL games and you see that they have 20,000 camera angles and they have, you know, angles down uh, the goal line and they have the drones and And uh, be able to make the game an art form, and we need more of that. Um, And so I'm I'm excited to watch it.
1: And this week also, SI now uh, ended up featuring uh, they're they're featuring this whole piece about football in America and different types of uh, markets. And one of the markets they feature is obviously Philadelphia, given the Philadelphia Eagles' success this season. And so they go into detail. Uh, about Penn Penn University, and then they go into detail about pro football, and then obviously um, women's gridiron and who else to feature but um, Star Wright, the owner and player of the Philadelphia Phantoms. And Philadelphia has done a tremendous job there in terms of staying out in the WFA scene. And uh, uh, credit goes to her uh, for, you know, wanting to start the team and putting that together. And so she's featured on um, S.I., on the feature there. You can check it out on our Twitter feed as well as on our Facebook page.
0: <laughs> Star right is one of my favorite people in this sport. Um, you know, I met her by playing in a couple of camps. And um, she has a lot of passion. She's organized. She's smart. She runs that organization well. And, you know, having come back from my injury, I can relate to, a small part of what she's been through, but, you know, thank God she was okay because, you know, her injury is pretty scary. And the courage that that woman has is, is second to none. And so I'm really proud of her. And I know it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable in that type of environment and have your story out there like that and, and talk about those feelings and what you were going through when you're going through something like that. But, She is a very powerful person, and uh, I respect her a lot, and I'm I'm glad that she did this.
1: So if you haven't checked it out, check it out on our Facebook page. Um, It's SI Now. It Spotlight's Philadelphia, the Philadelphia uh, football sports scene, and that also will include the Philly Phantoms of the WFA and owner Star Wright. So awesome piece that they did there. And she's, uh, like I said, very motivated, and she's done a good job with the team. She's really – they really made an impact, I think, in the WFA scene for the most part in the East Coast, and they've played very tough against, you know, the top teams as well. So that's a credit to her and uh, the coaching staff that's there in Philadelphia.
0: Definitely. I mean, if you spend two minutes with her, you'll realize that she's very competitive and very driven, and she's one of those people that if she puts her mind to something – it's going to get done, and I think she surrounded herself with people that have that um, same mindset in, in Philly, and they, they're really building something out there. So it's pretty fun to
2: watch.
1: And another bombshell uh, happens in Legends Football League this week. Uh, the Danica Brace, all-time all superstar there in Legends Football League, uh, was going to hang it up. No more happening. And all of a sudden we get this huge announcement saying, the uh, Legends Football League will be going to Music City, which is Nashville. Uh, the team will be known as the Knights, the Nashville Knights. And their first head coach will be, who else, but a superstar, Danica Brace, formerly of the Seattle Mist, uh, two-time champion of Seattle Mist. So, uh, Holly, that's a huge thing for the LFL to have coach, you know, female coaches. It's done in other leagues, just like we had FX Mexico announce all-female coach team, uh, you know, a while back. So now uh, the LFL has leaped onto where she's going to be a coach, not a player or a sub player, but the coach of the Nashville Knights. <laughs>
0: I think it's really big for that league. You know, they, they struggled with uh, competitiveness last year, and I think if you're going to pick a player to coach a team, she's a good pick. I mean, Seattle's been really good the last few years here. And, um, you know, my opinion, Seattle, the last two to three years, has been the most complete team in that league, where the other teams may have a, a player or two, um, but I think she'll take that uh, mentality down to Nashville. Hopefully she'll she'll be able to find some talent she can work with. But I think, you know, anytime you have a female in that role, it, it's big for the sport overall. And like I've said before, and the full kit leagues, you know, as WSA, IWFL, the more that we get um, players that retire and then they turn into coaches, the better for the sport because we we need that continuity uh, to teach the younger players uh, to develop the sport. So it's good.
1: Yeah, and uh, she uh, obviously loves Tennessee. She's her family, I guess, from Tennessee. So uh, what a way to go back home and be a head coach. Um, for Legends Legends uh, Football League, you know, and then obviously the Knights, brand-new brand new team. So we'll see how they do. Under her leadership, uh, given the fact her on-field play has been way aggressive and completely a linebacker beast mode, um, you know, similar to you, <laughs> I would say the coaching is going to be similar in that sense where she's going to expect, obviously, uh, high uh, output from her whatever uh, roster she's going to put together. So we're looking forward to see how the Knights are going to, uh, you know, debut.
0: Yes. I mean, if you are an aggressive player, I think it's kind of who you are. And I, I, very, I don't think I've ever seen a very aggressive player that turns into a coach become a conservative coach. I just, I've never seen it before. I think you are who you are and that translates into your coaching. So I expect that team to be aggressive.
1: All right, other notes in that league. uh, Legends, just uh, we'll get it out of the way here. Uh, 2008 schedules, uh, season tickets will go on sale December 12th. Uh, Tryouts throughout the Legends Football League are now going on right now. The official schedule will be out December 5th. Uh, Tryouts start December 2nd and all the way down to January. The other big news that they announce is uh, the Legends Football League All-Fantasy Tour will gear up this January through March, and it opens up in Poland in the Euro Tour, and it goes through January through March. So more information to come, and we'll post it up on our Facebook page as well. Um, Holly, the other big event that we haven't talked about and that it's coming up, it's going to be December 2nd. You're part of it. It's going to be in Vegas, and it is the Hall of Fame East versus West matchup, and it is a, a historic event. uh probably over 100 players right are going to participate in this event and it's in uh, Las Vegas.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm really excited about it. Um I mean, frankly, any time you can get on the field during the off season the better. And in my experience, any time I've been able to get to a camp or an extra game, it just is an opportunity to get better and um you know, and plus, you know, being in Seattle, I'm excited to get down in Vegas, where it might be, you know, maybe a little bit more mild in the weather front. <laughs> but <clears throat> I'm excited. There's there's close to 100 players, like you said. Um, there's an East Coast team, there's a West Coast team, and uh, there's a lot of good players on both sides. Uh, the West Coast team has some great coaches as well, and I'm just excited to get back on the field. And some, you know, maybe hopefully some sunny weather. And I want to get better. And uh, I'm excited to spend that time with all those people.
1: We don't know the rosters yet finalized. I'm trying to get the rosters, uh, the west, the east, and the west rosters should be finalized hopefully within the next week. So we'll know some of the names that will be actually, uh, you know, on the rosters. Uh, I know for sure Luis Bean was, is going to be there. Yourself's going to be there. Um, there's a couple other notable players that are going to be there, but. The final rosters should come out, I believe, this coming week or the next week before the event starts so, we'll, so we can see exactly, you know, who are these stars uh, they are going to show up in um, for the Hall of Fame game. And so this is kind of a huge event in terms of the men's game, right? It's been going on for a long time. So now they've incorporated the women's tackle football into this whole uh, weekend.
0: Yes, and that's exciting. It's exciting that, you know, obviously uh, – uh, men's like semi-pro leagues have been around for a, a long time, and it's exciting that this event has been going on for a while, and now they're opening it up, you know, to including a game with the women, and it's just going to help with exposure, you know, um, like on Facebook, I'm uh, in a, quite a few groups that are semi-pro men's groups, and they just some of them know about us, and some of them don't, so the more of them that find out about us, the better and, you know, it's an opportunity to showcase that the women's game is just as competitive as the men's game, and um, we're excited at the opportunity.
1: All right, Ollie, and even more great news coming up this weekend, November 18th, the Border War. It's the high school, first-time high school matchup, and we're talking Indiana Taco Football League taking on the Manitoba uh, Football Girls' Football Association, Canada, U.S. It's in Mersville, Indiana. Juniors, fifth grade to eighth grade, taking on, and also seniors, ninth. They will battle it out. See who's going to come out uh, the winner here. It is the border war, first first ever border war with high school uh, girls. So it's U.S. versus Canada. So how exciting is that?
0: It's extremely exciting. I mean, really. Um, besides marketing. The thing that we really need to work on as a sport is continuing to develop our youth. Because if we continue to develop the youth, then there's going to be a natural progression into, uh, you know, the upper leagues or the WFA and IWFL. And so, any time that we have an event like this that showcases that youth and gives an opportunity for these girls to get out there and get better and play and have fun. I mean, it, it's just going to it's just going to snowball. And so I'm excited.
1: Yeah, this weekend's going to be huge in Indiana. So we'll see how the outcome is, which is either USA versus Canada. The Manitoba Girls Football Association was the first program that I'm aware of in history to start uh, before the Utah Girls Football League. And uh, Indiana started right after Utah. So this is pretty cool to have a representative from the U.S. taking on the founders in Canada, the league in Canada. So pretty exciting times, and we'll keep updates on it. Some of the rosters are on our Facebook page from both sides, and some of the girls are there. So take a look at who's going to be showing up in Mursville, Indiana, as the USA takes on on Canada in the Border War uh, High School uh, matchup. So it's pretty awesome there. Um, Holly, your girl, Jules McComas, um, I ended up posting her on our Instagram. I just did not know she was that uh, that popular because apparently she's huge. Uh, two days into it, and she's got over 500 likes. Uh, Matt Ferris did an awesome job on the picture, and so uh, shout out to your Seattle Majestics. She's she's obviously blown it up for me on Instagram. So I, if if she's listening, awesome job, Jules. You look amazing.
0: You know what's what's great is that. Um, so Jules is actually one of, one of my best friends, and it's awesome to see her in that light because she deserves it. She's somebody that's very humble, and and she, she really deserves that attention. And it's one of the reasons why she's really popular. She's one of those people that's really sweet and nice, but at the same time is humble about it, and it makes people like her even more. But I really want to give a shout-out to Matt Ferris. He's a great photographer. He's been around us for a couple of years now. And, and you know, and then I also want to give a shout-out to uh, Rebecca uh, Um She has been instrumental in this increase in marketing that we've had. And it's just – it was a great opportunity for us to showcase our new uniforms and also – kind of have a platform for the announcement of moving over to the IWFL, and the shots look great. Everybody looks really good in the new uniform. Um, As I understand, they run a little bit um, on the tighter side, so I'm going to have to work mine in a little bit, but that's okay. They look nice. (laughs) 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 Because every uniform
1: Uh, – you're, 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 already dis- you're already disclosing some flaws that we didn't even know about before and now you're saying that this Oh is, this no, it's, it's not it's <laughs> not necessarily a
0: flaw. It's just every brand um has different sizing. Yeah, right. And it's just this right, happens right. to me, like all the time where it's like they're like, Oh what size are you? and you're like, Oh, I'm you know, I I'm in a small in this one, a medium in that one, and a large in this one. So you really have no idea until you get home. But no, seriously, I, you
1: try on you, you try on a Reebok, Under Armour, or Nike, and nothing is the same. It's like oh, nothing. it's all, the same.
0: all different. All, yeah, exactly. Then, then it's hard because you know, um, I remember early in my career when people were ordering uniforms for for us. They would order like the kid sizes, and so you you would order a large, thinking it was an adult large, and really you got. A kid's large, which is really like an adult extra small, <laughs> so <laughs> i've seen I've seen it all, but these look these are by far the sharpest looking uniforms that i've seen so I'm, I'm excited
1: well, all I can tell you is uh Rebecca's done an awesome job in terms of promoting and doing her stuff up and uh i'm she's very hardworking, um and she's very creative too she's down to it uh but. <laughs> Uh, all I got to say is this week, uh, Jules uh, McComas there, she's the hottie of hotties on our Instagram. Everybody loves her. And so uh, she is, she's blowing it up. I, I get the most likes. I have to go back and check this week, but I think this is the most likes in a two day turnaround on our Instagram. So that's a record. So she owns it. Uh, she, uh,
0: I'm you know going mean? to have her sign it. <laughs>
1: no, you're gonna, you're going to have to go back and tell her that she is the. Uh, on our page, she is basically she owns our page in terms of the record of most likes over yeah. a two-day period. Wow! Well, I'm gonna
0: get a sharpie but, uh, and I'm great. gonna blow that up. It...
1: <laughs> yeah, she looks great, Ollie. I mean, like you said, the uniforms yeah. are sharp. They look good. The coloring looks bright. A lot more. It stands out more. Um, and you can't say enough about the crest. I mean, you just you just put Under Armour on the on on the uh, uniform and you pretty much you know it to another level. And um, so I, I checked out Definitely. the promo as well, and the promo is really, really well done, too. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, I don't know, who, who do we give credit to, McCarran, Or do we give credit for, to Fernandez for all this?
0: Well, you got to give credit to everybody, really. And, yes, it is Fernandez now. She got married. I have to remember that. That's right. the new last name. Um, and, but no, the whole team has been working really hard on it. And they have really taken pride in we want to be on the cutting edge of that sort of thing because we, we realize that's been Achilles' heel of our sport for a long time is the marketing. And it's tough because most teams don't have a budget getting, and they don't, even if they did, they, they don't have the knowledge base to know how to market. And so we've been fortunate that we have people on our team and staff. That this is what they do in their daily lives, and they're really good at it, and so it just it when you look at your team and you see the skill sets that everybody has, and you bring that together, you can make special things happen. And by no means are are we finished yet. There's a lot of stuff that co- that's coming down the pike that should be um, uh, looking out for, and uh, but no, the whole team deserves credit.
1: You know what? Uh, this is sort of what the force was doing back in the day, not so much as intensive as this is, but they used to be able to, I mean, to me, the, the Chicago force promos were probably the best because week to week they would actually spotlight a player. You know what I mean? They weren't just putting Chicago force versus um, mayhem. No, it was like we You know what I mean? It was uh, uh, gray and they would spotlight a player for week for the, each week matchup. And I think that was very impactful because fans got to dive in to you know, this is the best defensive player in our squad this season, and this is her. This is the face of the majestic defense. You know what I mean? So if you go that route, uh, a lot of times the fans start to dive in. They want to go see that individual because obviously that's the person that's making an impact on the field.
0: Yeah, I mean that's something that, that uh, the NBA's done really well at for years, and the NFL does well at, at that as, uh, as well. And I think. I think you're right. It makes a more personal connection. And one of the things that stuck with me is a while ago, say maybe four or five years ago, you know, my mom and I were talking about sport, and she was like, you know, you need better camera work. And it, to- it totally makes sense because if you look at an NFL game, like I was talking about before, there's all these different camera angles, and it makes the game so much more of a piece of theater and art and it's way more, um, it makes you feel like you're in the game itself where a lot of our early film, just as a sport, since I've been around going on year 12 now, most of our film is just our game film, which is like somebody filming in the press box and the purpose of that film is to scout and not to create highlights. So you were like talking about people like really far back And the people operating the cameras don't necessarily know what they were doing. And there are sometimes where like the camera person would get distracted, and then you get like shots in the sky. And then like, (laughs) so camera work in our sport has come a long way. But another thing that we really need to do is work on that even further. And the more pieces that we can put together, like the marketing pieces that we're doing, and emphasizing the players. I think that's going to really help our sport take off because if you don't do that, then the average fan that doesn't know the players on the field, they're just like, oh, it's just like, you know, a rec league, and they don't take it as serious. So like we've talked about before, you have to dress for the job that you want. You have to treat it like a, like a professional league, and then eventually it will become one. So that's kind of the thought.
1: Holly, I can tell you right now, uh, Fernandez has the capabilities to put you on a w- WWE level if she really had a budget.
0: I, she you know so what I mean? is no <laughs> I
1: talented. I know because I'm just saying, uh, you know, on a great budget, you can make it that kind of a spectacle. It's an inviting uh, way to uh, get the average fan to, you know, it's almost it's almost like going to a wrestling match. You know what I'm saying? It's like you come up and you're like, this weekend, boy. You're going to watch the best you know, player on the Majestics take on whoever is on the other side. But uh, the reality is they're going to start to get to know the individual week in, week out for the, for the eight weeks. So you get interest that way because now somebody's like, hey, I want to go see that. I want to go see that individual really do their job and get out there and see them live. Um, so it's great. it's great that's happening. We're, uh, we're going to get um, McCarron on – and uh, Cindy, I think, uh, Cindy, uh, uh, they're going to be coming on here, I believe, this week or next week. So we'll talk about all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes, like you're, as you're saying, with Seattle Majestics and all the key pieces for the 2018 IWFL season. The shift to the IWFL, Carly, we talked about it. You got Heroku, you got uh, Christina, you got Scott, uh, a lot of business-minded people there. So it just, it's just kind of an exciting time to see what the WFL, the IWFL is going to turn into in 2018, not just on the majestic side, but maybe on the Falcons and the, and the surge side as well. So it's awesome, awesome times.
0: Definitely. I think, um, you know, you do have, especially in that group, a lot of, uh, like-minded business type people. And if you think about the sport as a whole, the teams that tend to do really well on the field are also the teams that do well off the field. Because it happens to be, if you're really good and you go far in the playoffs, it takes money to travel and it takes money to get that far. And and so in order to, to be that good, you have to have a contingency plan to raise the funds and be able to do that, and then they go hand in hand. Because if you don't raise money, you don't have a team. So um, I'm excited to watch uh, and see what happens this year with everything. I think uh, all those people have really great ideas, and um, and it's kind of funny for me because it's full circle. I started with the IWFL way back in the day, and now I'm back over here. Um, but I'm just really excited to see what happens.
1: All right, so Holly, um, a lot of a lot more things to come as you're pointing out, and we're going to be talking to Scott and the whole Majestics crowd uh, in the next week or two here. So we'll dive into what's going on and probably poke a little bit and see if we can get some insights as to what's going to come up, you know, on the horizon. Um, the other news is that we have an international scene, of course. Congratulations to the Brno Amazons. They edge the uh, Prague Black Cats 26 to 24, and they win the Czech, uh, Czech Women's League, the Bitter's uh, Rose Bowl three. So congratulations to Berno. Check out our information on our Facebook page as well. And uh, great, great time for them. Back-to-back champions. Uh, The Prags had won the first year, uh, the Black Cats, and now uh, Berno's go back-to-back. So congratulations to them. So awesome times in in Czechoslovakia.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to me. I love watching the development of these leagues and hearing about the Uh, how the teams are doing. I think it's just really fun to see how uh, far this sport has come.
1: Now, the other uh, action that was happening is uh, in Austria, of all places, uh, the Austria playoffs. Uh, November 12th, Schwarz-Hammers 24 to zero versus Telf Patriots. The Patriots fall. November 12th, the AFC champion uh, Vienna Vikings 32 to zero against the Danube Dragons. The playoffs are set in the Austrian League. It is coming up November 18th. It is the Swats. Hammers will be taking on the champs, the Vikings, for the uh, title, for the Ladies' Bowl title in in the Austrian League. And the Budapest Wolves will be taking on the newbie Dragons. So rematch maybe uh, only at this point. This is the last game of the season. Uh, Vikings take out the Dragons. So at this point, if they get past Budapest and the Vikings get past the Hammers, we're looking at back-to-back, but now it's for all the marbles. So it's uh, kind of a real contested matchup there.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially in the early development of some of these leagues, if you have a, a good team, um, I mean, it, basically it, it takes some time for these leagues to develop a lot of depth as far as competitiveness. And so uh, for a while, they'll probably see the same Couple of teams coming through, but then that will eventually shift as the other teams start to catch up. Uh, but I just think it's really cool. Like I wish I could go over to Vienna and play. I've been to Vienna; it's a beautiful, beautiful city. I want to go to Budapest and play. Like that's awesome.
1: <laughs> so the Dragons looking forward to maybe taking out taking out the uh, Wolves. If they do that, they will get a rematch once again. Uh, not this coming week, but the week after it would be Vikings versus dragons for all the marbles, or are we going to see an upset? Uh, one of these two teams, the Hammers or the Wolves, are going to uh, change this out. So we're looking forward to that, uh, those results as well. Check out the results on our Facebook page and Twitter feed as well. Uh, just to remind you guys, you can go to Zazzle.com, for sized square beauties, and get all your stuff, early Christmas gifts. Check out the, the great stuff we have out there and um, order early and get it uh, real fast. You can also order internationally. If you go to the Zazzle page, right under the Zazzle page, it's a worldwide tab. You can check your country site there, and you can order it directly as well from your on Zazzle.com for slash Gridiron Beauties. Um, I'll go to North, uh, New South Wales. Uh, gridiron out there. Uh, week 10, uh, Northwest Phoenix, 22-0 versus the UTS Gators. The Phoenix secure their second playoff sp- Playoff position right behind the Raiders, who are undefeated. The Diamonds uh, get a 21-0 forfeit win against the Rebels. So at this point, the top four teams may have the playoffs. Uh, we're looking at the Diamonds coming out of the Act Gridiron, playing pretty good ball. Unfortunately, there's a, they've had two forfeits in the last two two weeks, so that doesn't vote well for them in terms of on-field play. So, but other than that, the race in New um, South Wales heats up in Week 11 so we'll keep you updated on our Facebook and Twitter feed as well. Let's go to Gridiron West, finish up in Australia here uh, before we go to Queensland. Gridiron West, Perth Blitz undefeated 4-0. This is the the inaugural season of Gridiron West, and it's week 6, 40-8. The uh, Perth Blitz uh, defeat the West Coast Wolverines, and then Perth Broncos get a real tight win, 6-0 against Curtin Saints. The Curtin Saints have completely lost two back-to-back games. Um, Holly, last the last uh, matchup that they had was they fell 8-0, to zero, and this week they fall 6-0. to zero. So that's got to be heartbreaking for the Saints.
0: Well, definitely anytime you lose a close game is hard. And, you know, uh, it, it sounds like the, the defense is playing pretty well, but it, it's hard when you when you need those points and you can't get them. Um, but
1: uh we just have to keep at it. All right, Queensland is set. Uh the last week has been played, week twelve, and we talked about uh Lon Turlock being the first female coach in Green Queensland with the Brisbane Rhinos. And now she got an opportunity to try to make the playoffs at this point. The Rhinos get beat by the Logan City Jets. Ella Briscoe out there sixteen to zero and so uh at this point. It looks like uh, the Jets are going to come back into the playoff pi- uh, picture, and so that's going to be next week. And then you got 54-0, the Thunder taking on the Spartans. The Thunder uh, basically secure themselves a position already for the playoffs, so they finished uh, four, uh, third in the standings. The Logan City, uh, Logan City Jets finished fourth in the standings. The Ravens are first. And the Stingrays are second. We are looking at uh, Logan City taking on Bayside Ravens. This is um, Christy Moran's former team, that she won uh, a championship and has gone to the, to the title finals. So, uh, Holly, you know, right now Logan City would love to just unseat the Ravens in in the playoffs. Yes,
0: I mean, anytime you get a, an uh, an opportunity to take out to take out the best, I mean, you got to take that shot, and I think they have um, proven that that they're not far off of the Ravens, and so I think it should be pretty competitive, actually.
1: All right, so Logan City looking for a return to the finals. Last year they lost to Gold Coast in the final, twenty-eight to twenty-two. So, uh, Holly, if you're if you're Logan City, you haven't had the greatest season yet but you squeeze to make the playoffs, your attitude is this is a new season, right? One game at a time. You only got to win two games. You got to get rid of the playoff mode here, and then you go into the finals pretty much.
0: Definitely. You have to obviously have a short-term memory as far as what happened um, last season. You have to focus on this season. It's a completely different ball game. And, um, you know, just because they lost last season – does not mean that they can't win this season. And sometimes what happens in sports is sometimes you have to lose in order to learn how to win. So now that they've been in that situation and they lost a close game, they'll know and better understand what they need to do to win this time around.
1: All right, so storyline in, uh, in the matchup for Queensland is Moran, Christy Moran comes back from being with Chicago Force. She jumps onto the Bayside Ravens. The Bayside Ravens, the best team. Queensland, uh, the Logan City Jets, her former team, uh, now will face her for the biggest prize uh, for the uh, Summer Bowl final matchup. So um, the champs, uh, uh, Stingrays with uh, Lauren Evans and Kenesha Sims, our No-Joke football supporters out there, they finished pretty strong second place. They will take on Thunder. And Cassie Cubis, Q- uh, Q- Q- quarterback Cassie Cubis, Q- uh, will look to see if they can – somehow muster a win against the champs uh, and un- unseat them, because if they don't, it will be uh, Go Coast taken on base side, if that's how it works out. Or we could have a rematch of last year if the Jets somehow unseat the Ravens next coming week. So a lot of scenarios in this, in this uh, league, uh, Holly, for the birth to the Summer Bowl 2017.
0: <laughs> that's the way you want it you want uh, a competitive league throughout the uh you know the last couple of weeks it's in question um because that talks about how far your league has come, and uh so you want it to be in this kind of ballpark where you just don't know what's going to happen and plus it's just more fun that way,
1: yeah, so Christie out there um and bayside ravens uh. Chrissy Torres, quarterback, and Christy Moran will be taking on Logan City with Ella Briscoe and company. So that's going to be the first matchup, uh, number one versus number four. Number uh, three, Thunder, the champs against the Thunder. And we will see if we get a rematch of 2016, Gold Coast versus Logan City, or are we going to get a rematch of the 2015 final, which was Gold Coast versus Bayside Ravens, which uh, the Stingrays won 20-8, and, um, Holly, the Stingrays are looking for three peat this year. This is This is their road. They're in second place. If they get past thunder, they go to the finals and they're looking for three Pe.
0: Well, I mean, hey, um, anytime you have a team that is in that position, it tells you a lot about the organization because it's tough to continuously be at that level, Uh, you're always getting everybody else's best shot. And so if they're able to get back to the finals and uh, win it again, that tells you um, a lot about them.
1: Yeah, and Bayside, I'm pretty sure that some of the members on the Bayside Ravens team remember the 2015 final, which they lost 28. And now you get a superstar running back in Christy Moran. On your side, and you've been putting out, you know, the afterburners, so that gives you really good hope if you end up uh, facing the sting, uh, stingrays once again. Definitely. All right. So um, we are going to have uh, Ashley Hayes and Tokyo out of the LA Warriors coming up here at seven o'clock, and we're going to be talking WFA Los Angeles Warriors football for 2018. In the meantime, Holly, let's talk college football crazy college football <laughs> oh my god i've been getting into these games a lot and uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes on to these games but uh for the most part it it gets really crazy and especially now with this committee thing and who's going to get in who's going to get out and what's coming up and all this stuff i mean uh, oh my god the playoff the playoff rankings uh should come out i believe later this week but Overall, who should be number one, Holly?
0: Well, okay, so this last weekend, every year there's a a weekend that really kind of separates everybody from each other. And so I think this last weekend was definitely that separation Saturday. And I think at this point you have to put Alabama number one. Um, And I would put Miami number two. I think Miami is a team that I think they're kind of my dark horse favorite team that I like if I'm ever going to jump on a bandwagon, which I don't normally do. I think I really like this Miami team. You know, Miami's had a long drought, and they've been through a lot of adversity at the university there for many years, a lot of it self-imposed. Mm -hmm. And this new team, like they believe in each other, and they kind of have that it faster going on um, that is great in college football that you don't see actually a whole lot in the NFL of a lot of kids just coming together and um, basically uh, overachieving. And they have a swag about them. They have this thing called the turnover chain. I don't know if you've seen that. But any time anybody on their defense creates a turnover Um, They get to wear wear this chain on the sideline until the next guy creates a turnover. And um, I think they completely exposed Notre Dame this weekend, which made me happy because I I can't stand Notre Dame. But, but yeah, I think those are the top two teams right now. And I think you have another five or six teams that are battling out for the last uh, two spots in the playoff committee. Um, I think they actually announced the next one, I think maybe the next few minutes here. But when it comes to the playoff committee, it's all about your resume. Um, It's all about when they're looking at your strength of schedule and who you've played against and who you beat, and if you did lose, who did you lose to. And a team that I think is really hurting from that right now is Wisconsin because they don't really, if you look at their schedule, they haven't played anybody. And they beat Iowa this week, and that was the only ranked team on the schedule the entire year. And uh, so I think, in order for them to get into the playoffs, they're going to have to, of course, win out, but win out with style, though everybody else out. Um, but yeah, that it was a crazy weekend.
1: Right, and and Auburn, despite its two losses, uh, because they beat number one, uh, would would they make it easy? Into, into the committee?
0: Yes and no. Um, right now, the thing about the playoff committee um, is it changes every week. So right now, obviously, Auburn is the hot commodity along with uh, Miami because of their big wins. Auburn took down Georgia. I think Georgia is a very, very good team. And you have to remember that Auburn technically has um, – Georgia only has one loss, so Georgia's not out of it and Auburn might be able to climb into the playoff contention talk, uh, but they still have to play Alabama. So basically, if Auburn's able to beat Alabama, then by all means put them in the playoffs. But I don't see them beating Alabama. So I see see Auburn kind of falling off at the end. I think Georgia still has a chance. I think they just had kind of – a flat game where they're looking past Auburn a little bit and they did not perform well. So um, we'll see if they're able to bounce back or not. But I think Auburn might be a hot ticket for this week, but I think that changes when they play Alabama in a couple weeks.
1: What do we say about Notre Dame, Holly? Um, Do they lay a claim uh, because of what they're doing or are they going to be kept out?
0: No. I I think – I think because of the way that Miami beat them this week, I think I think they're gonna be out. Miami absolutely destroyed them. And Can we use
1: obliterated. The word is obliterated. Yeah. <laughs> find that.
0: yeah, and I didn't think Notre Dame was that great to begin with. I don't think they're bad. I just think they're they're kind of a second tier bowl game type of team. I think they're maybe like a top 15 team, but I don't think they're a top four team. And um, I think they definitely got exposed. Um, So I don't think they have a shot anymore. Uh, I think Clemson's still in the running for that. Oklahoma still has a shot. Um, And I think uh, the Pac-12, I think we've played ourselves out of contention because the Pac-12 is kind of a gauntlet, and everybody's beating each other up. So I don't think the Pac-12 will have a team in it. So, but it's it's awesome. It's fun. This is when it gets really fun to watch.
1: This is like bingo with my grandmother. You know, exciting, like going there and going, are we going to win? We're not going to win. Who's in the slot. Who's not? <laughs> grandma's chill, chill. <laughs> Wait you for know, the letter. The-
0: The most fun is when your team is in the mix. So I know our teams, you know, you're a UCLA person, I'm an Oregon person. When your team is not in the mix, it's still fun to watch, but it's not as intense. But if you're a fan of, like, a Miami or an Oklahoma, it becomes so much fun because you're not just watching your game. You're watching these other games. You're watching Alabama play because you want them to lose. So now all of a sudden you have invested interest in all these other games happening because you know that that game is going to directly affect what happens with your team. So that's when it gets really fun. So unfortunately for us as Oregon and UCLA fans this year, it's not the cards for us. But I'm telling you, when I've been an Oregon fan when we've been in the middle of it, it is awesome.
1: I am pretty sure. Um, if TCU, where's TCU at this point? uh because they 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 lose to Iowa State, right? So is, are they still like hanging on to the in the top 10 or are they going to be bounced off the top 10?
0: I think I think TCU is a team that is solid. I just I don't know if their uh strength of schedule is going to be strong enough for them. Um if they already have two losses. They play Texas Tech this weekend, and I expect that to, you know, that game's going to have a lot of points scored in it. I I think they're kind of an afterthought team. I think they're they're probably the team that's on the first tier bowl game level team, so maybe a top seven to ten team at the end of it, but I don't think they're a playoff team. All
1: right, so um, Oklahoma, TCU Part 1, went to the Sooners. In convincing fashion, so Oklahoma pretty much at this point, uh, part two would be what uh, Big 12 game if they met if they meet up again it'd, it'd be for the Big 12 uh, the Big yeah the Big 12 championship right?
0: Yes, and that is something that Oklahoma really needs because the Big 12 they they haven't had the championship game in in a few years here, and now finally they brought it back for this year because what was happening is when it came time for the playoff committee to make the decisions, you know, because it's based off pretty much your resume as uh, a team, the Big 12 was getting left behind because um, their season would end on, you know, let's see, a couple weeks into December, and then they would be forgotten about because all these other conferences have their title games and there was a lot of hype for it, and those title games, of course, brought two teams that were the best two teams out of those conferences. So you automatically are playing somebody that's probably ranked and probably a good team. So if you win your title game, it's, it's, it's an extra push into that conversation. So when the Big 12 didn't have that for a few years, it kind of really hurt them at the end. So now is the first time in a while they've had that championship game set up. And so Oklahoma, if they want to get in the playoffs, it's really good that finally they have that championship game to play in and so they can make that statement game and make that statement. They'll hopefully look good for the committee. Uh, but, yeah, that will be big for them.
1: Yeah, USC, uh, what what do we say about USC? Do do we expect them to make a move here or are they, like you said, or, or is it mostly all Pac-12 pretty much out of the picture?
0: I think the Pac-12 is out of the picture. And I I think – I think it's tough because you know i've always I've always believed in the thing that that uh, a lot of conspiracy theorists will say is that there is a west coast bias, there's a bias against the west coast, and I definitely think that that's true because what happens is if you're looking at the a p poll or the coaches poll, right, a lot of these sports writers and coaches are on the East Coast. And, you know, if you're talking about the Pac-12 games that start at 7 o'clock on the West Coast, that's 10 o'clock on the East Coast, and people are either sleeping or they're out, like, doing something. So for many years, the West Coast teams kind of had a hurdle in that they just weren't being watched much. That's changed a little bit. It's gotten a little bit better. But I think when you're talking about a conference that – have, I'd say, three or four strong teams at the top and all of them have at least two losses, I think it gets a little choppy for the national media and the committee to want to put them in the top four. And especially with USC uh, losing pretty recently and Washington losing this week, what tends to happen is if you lose your games early in the season – you can gain ground late. But if you lose late, it's really hard to turn around in the eyes and opinions of uh, the committee and the AP and all the pollsters to turn that around. So I think they're just losing too late in the season as well. I think USC and Washington will meet in the Pacquiao title game. I think whoever wins that game will will go to the Rose Bowl or maybe a different high-calibre bowl. And I still think both of those teams are good. I just don't think they'll get into the playoffs.
1: I agree. I think a lot of that is going to be kind of aired out in a little bit in the next week or two. What are the three top games that we should be focusing on, or that you, you know, are going to give us as a preference to be to really pay attention to in, the, in this coming weekend?
0: So the first one I'm going to take is uh, Virginia at Miami, because, again, you know, Miami is my new hot favorite team. They're just really fun to watch. But now that all of a sudden they're in the spotlight, they haven't really been in the spotlight. They had a rough early part of the season because of all the hurricanes and everything, and so they were all under the radar, under the radar, under the radar. And finally, it was last week with their big win over Notre Dame, they're shot-putted up into the, you know, top two or three here And so it's going to say a lot about this team, um, how they handle this team um, uh, in Virginia. Virginia is not great, but they're still solid enough to make it competitive. And so if Miami wants to get into the playoffs, they can't be flat. They can't just show up. They have to actually play the game. And it's hard when you're talking about kids who are 18, 19 years old to tell them, you have to focus a game at a time. Don't get ahead of yourself because I could see this easily being a trap game for Miami. So they have to take care of business. So that's the first game. Second game is Michigan um, at Wisconsin. So the Big Ten, uh, you know, is another league that's kind of beat itself up. And the problem is Wisconsin is technically 10-0, and 0, but, again, they've played nobody. Just because of how the schedule fell for them in, in conference, they have nobody on their <laughs> um, uh, uh on their schedule that's any good and Michigan um, would be their last chance really to have a staple win against a good team. And the interesting thing about this game is both teams have really, really good defenses. Both teams struggle offensively to get any any real explosive play out of their offense. So I can see this game – being like a 7-6 game, like a grudge match, old school type of football game. So that should be fun to watch. And then the third game um, I'm going to pick is UCLA and USC. Because this is a, a rivalry game. As you know, UCLA has played spoiler before the USC. USC is kind of on the uptick again. They want to get to the Pac-12 title game. They want to make a run at the Rose Bowl or you know even a better game. And um, They need to take care of business at home. UCLA is 5-5. They need at least one more win to get eligible. And and so they would love nothing more to get that sixth win against USC. So those are the top three. And I'm going to throw in a fourth game. I'm going to throw in Navy at Notre Dame because Navy is actually a solid team, and I think Notre Dame is now floundering, and I think Navy can upset Notre Dame. Those are my top four.
1: Awesome. So, um, Holly, I mean, this is going to be a huge weekend coming up now because it's crunch time, and really everybody, like you said, it's, there's a big factor going on. I'm just kind of sad that my UCLA Bruins are not in the mix, you know, and they were never in the mix to begin with. You know what I mean? It's Just like, shout out, Oscar. But other than that, I mean, yeah, USC versus UCLA, it's pretty pretty intense rivalry. I agree. It's, uh, we always get up for it because it's just like, you know, bus town rivals and stuff. So it works out really good for that. Um, remind everybody, uh, you can go to the Zazzle.com site, uh, Zazzle.com, forward size credit on beauties Get all your Christmas gifts early, it's the middle of November, before Thanksgiving. Get it done um, if you're pre-act. Otherwise, if you're one of these people that waits till the last minute or something like that, then you're going to be out of luck. So Zazzle.com, 4 size credit beauties Get our awesome shirts, get our awesome leggings, get our hoodies. You get other gifts on Zazzle.com as well. Save up to 20% off daily at Zazzle.com. If you're uh, international orders, you go to the Zazzle.com site right underneath the Worldwide tab. Check your site there for international and get your orders even faster. So check out Zazzle.com for beauties, Awesome sponsors. So speaking of that, we are going to go to the No Joke Football Huddle, obviously sponsored by Zazzle.com. So, uh, Holly, we are going to have in the house right now the Los Angeles Warriors co owner Ashley Hayes and one of their players, Tokyo. So, let's bring them on right here, right now, in the huddle. And, Ashley, how's it going today?
3: Going all right. How are you?
1: Great. Um, So, you guys uh, pretty much own the market now, technically, since Central Cal has literally dissolved. So, what did you think of that news?
3: Uh, it, was, it was quite shocking, um, but you know they had a they had a great run, and uh, you know they played really hard. They have a lot to be proud of, and you know they they, they went out on top. They went out, you know, at a, at a good spot.
1: Now, Ashley, what are we doing in Los Angeles? Is it was it the Pacific Warriors? Now, we're the Los Angeles Warriors? Uh, what yeah, are we right. working with now?
3: Uh, we're the Los Angeles Warriors.
1: Los Angeles Warriors now, strictly LA now.
3: Yes. yes.
1: All right. And so is the name change, was that something that we sat around and said, we just got to go LA at this point? Or does it make it more yeah, business um, sense that way?
3: Yeah, more businesses, uh, more recruiting sense to let everybody know where we're at and uh, where we're representing. And, you know, this is our home, Los Angeles. So we just want to let everybody know uh, where we were.
1: So I'll say, you're disappointed that. That, the Dodge, that the Dodgers lost? It, were, oh, you, yes. were you heartbroken? Yes. I can't I cannot believe Dave Roberts would put in Darvish instead of like Kershaw or, or Hill. I was just so it devastated. Was so long. I was like,
3: he he was he was in there way too long. Also.
1: Yeah, way too long. I agree. Um but you gotta be excited for my Rams, right? LA uh, all the way now.
3: All day. Yeah, uh um, you know, he's proved himself. I remember seeing uh or rereading an article about him saying that he didn't want to be seen as soft and I know he had to spend all of his off-season getting it together, and it's showing, shining right now.
1: So, Ashley, what can you tell us about Los Angeles besides the name change? Uh, What's the focus for the Warriors into the WFA 2018 season at this point? What are we focusing on? Uh, I know we have tryouts coming up, uh, obviously sponsorship and community events, but uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on with the uh, L.A. Warriors.
3: Uh, right now we're, we're getting ready to uh, to roll out. Uh, we have our tryouts today, uh, the 18th, at Rancho Santa Sports Complex in Los Angeles, and um, yeah, we're, we're ready. We're ready to get going. You know, we're going to pull everyone together and uh, and, and start learn, start learning our plays. You know, get our bodies right. You know, we're, we're looking to go all the way um, to make a appearance in a championship this year.
1: All right, you get no surge down south. You get no angels up top. I will tell you right now, a lot of people are picking you right there to be in the mix for the playoffs right now. So yeah, it's sort of like, uh, you know, the expectation is way high now.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we have, um, I guess, the, the San Diego's new team and, and Sacramento's new team, you know, the Ravens uh, and Las Vegas, the Trojans. Hopefully we get to to see the shockwave uh, this season. You know, and, and some of the Division Three teams, uh, you know, we're, we're all going to play really hard, but um, – you know, it's, it's our time. We're focused and we're ready to go, you know. Every year, we, you know, we go to playoffs. We get picked out in the first round or second round and, you know, it's, it's time. You know, we're ready.
1: Ashley, um, good organization for you financially. We always talk about finances because it's a big factor. So financially, uh, are you breaking even at this point, close to breaking even, or we have a long <laughs> way for profitability? <laughs>
3: Actually, we, we we've been doing alright. Um, we 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 broke even last season. We we had a nice a nice little banquet, and we were able to start this preseason without any trouble. Um, you know, everyone everyone's been working together together really well. Uh, all the players uh, pay their dues, and um, our sponsors have have been there uh, with us, helping us out along the way. Um, you know, we, we sell our merchandise and our home games um, help support a lot of our travel, and um, but yeah, for now. We're working on getting more sponsors and and doing more fundraisers to help out uh, for, uh, for 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 travel.
2: This is this is Tokyo. Uh, I, I know you mentioned that you were a UCLA fan, but um, I'm a USC fan. But we're working all the US, uh UCLA games at the moment at the Rose Bowl to uh, contribute to our fundraising. So that's a huge plus.
1: God, I got no problem with uh, you being a USC fan, Tokyo. I'm just saying I'm not rooting <laughs> for that team. You know what That's I mean?
2: Quite all right. It's okay. <laughs> I'm
1: just kidding. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, Hollywood threw that one in earlier uh, as a fourth <laughs> option because she knew she was going to poke fun at me with that. Uh, yeah, the 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 bros are not relevant. You know what I mean? It's just uh, go Rams. That's all I got to say right now. <laughs> yeah, go, go Rams. Rams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Tokyo. Thanks. Uh, but you know what, Tokyo? Uh, since we're on that already, as a player, you've got to be excited. Uh, the surge moves to the IWFL. Uh, the Angels dissolve, and you like to Ashley's point here, you guys have been pretty much booted out in the first round. So, this is sort of an exciting 2018 uh, as a team because you have an opportunity to maybe go deep.
2: Yeah, I mean, it definitely is exciting, not just because uh, the Surge are in a different league or the Angels <coughs> are no longer. I mean, because you definitely want to play the best of the best, um, but just the changes um, that the team has made, our coaches have made, and what they've implemented. Um, you know, we've been going strong since a couple of months ago. Um, our coach now has zero tolerance for anyone coming in to tryouts out of shape. He means business this year and he expects a huge level of commitment from all players. So, um, there's a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes to make the team and the organization better. Um, you know, this right here, you know, this was, this is a first for us. And we're definitely just trying to create awareness and uh, let people know about the Warriors. So definitely exciting year. I do believe it is our year. Um, we have a lot of vets coming back. Um, we had a lot of rookies last last year that did very very well. Um, so to have them come back on top of all of our other vets, um, it, it's it's going to be a great year.
1: Now, Ashley, promoting wise, uh, you got the Rams. You got the Chargers. Have you reached out to maybe Sam Rappaport, maybe to? give us some support in terms of the NFL capabilities to, you know, I know the there's no Charger fans as far as I'm told, just,
2: you know, out in the Carson
1: <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Fellow um, River just throwing, you know, balls out in the ocean or whatever. He's not really doing anything. But anyways, uh, you guys, I mean, where do you stand with like an NFL relationship in, in, in that regard going forward? Is that something you guys are maybe trying to reach out for?
3: We've uh, we've definitely reached out and we're we're on standby uh, at this point. Hopefully we hear something. Hopefully we're able to get something started in the future. Um, we'll definitely let everybody know if it happens.
1: All right. And so um, the tryouts the tryouts are going to be this weekend. So um, where can uh, um, anybody interested in you know going for the tryouts? Where is the website and where can they get you know hold hold of you on know, social media? primarily so that we can get that out of the way right now so that everybody can dive into it, maybe message you, direct message you, find out what's going on. So uh, what's the website for the team?
3: www.lawarriorsfootball.com. And we have all social media. Uh, You can find us on facebook.com slash losangeleswarriors. And uh, we have a sign-up on our website and our Facebook page. Uh, You can direct message us on Instagram. Uh, La underscore warriors underscore football, and you can find us on Twitter, um, la warriors football.
1: All right. So registration, you go right there. And what is what is the atmosphere like for the tryouts for you guys? And is it just uh, agility like normal? The you know just to get you introduced into just the fitness part of it, and then move more into once you get picked into the formality of teaching you a position.
3: Uh yeah, uh, pretty, pretty much. Uh, we'll start off with uh, dynamic stretching, a little a little jog uh, prior to that and we'll do um a a combine as 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 we're calling it this year. We'll have four drills set up and we'll rotate the groups within each drill. And then uh each coaches will have about half hour of indos for um each position and everyone will get to try something out. And then we'll do um have a little fun at the end maybe. Um maybe some, some pass protection and um and some passes and you know just just throw a ball around a little bit. And um you know, we'll we'll meet each other at the end and have a little talk and um and go from there. We actually will have a um a WFA regional tournament after our tryouts at the same location.
1: Uh
3: if if we're for the people that want to hang around and, and watch or even join in.
1: Alright. So, hey, Ashley anybody going to the Vegas event, the huge uh, Hall of Fame event on your team, anybody going to the Eastern uh, versus West Battle in in Las Vegas?
3: Uh, I haven't heard anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of the women did go.
1: It's a huge event there. Um, Ashley, how long have you been a co-owner of this squad, this team?
3: Uh, since 2000 and um, the summer of 2015 is when it happened, so right after season. Um, the team got switched over to myself and uh Hiroko, Betty, Suzuki, and we've been running the team since then. Um, I've been with the team since 2009 um, when the Warriors first started, and um, when I had the opportunity, I took it. I I love this team, this organization. Uh, I love my teammates. You know, uh, all these years, we just keep getting better and better, and, you know,
1: um,
3: all the hard work has been paying off.
1: Off the field, uh, are you taking uh, a a playbook from other organizations, which is trying to get uh, some of the players' skill sets from off the field to try to help you out with marketing and help you out with community, uh, you know, being active in the community and all that? Uh, Is there, you know, certain players that obviously are benefiting you as an organization to get to reach out and uh, let everybody know about L.A. Warriors uh, football? Oh,
3: yeah, it's it's word of mouth and – and on social media, you know, those are our, our, our two avenues right now. Uh, each player um, does their, their part, and you know we go out, we pass out uh, business cards and, and flyers, and, and chat to people, and, um, and and you know we put ourselves out there in our in our community to, to try to bring these women in at the gym. That that seems to be a hot spot for recruits. All right, we and... take, um,
2: I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead, Um, we take their skills that, you know, they perform every day in their normal jobs, and we try to, I guess, highlight those or or actually use them for their assets. I mean, we have people that are working in marketing. We have graphic um, design players. I mean, we have everyone from marketing to graphic designs to, you know, someone who knows someone who knows someone. So we definitely utilize the players on the team and see if they can help out any way, even off the field.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, my co-host here, uh, Holly Custis, has a pretty uh, awesome awesome uh, player and marketer oh, out yeah. there in, um, in Seattle, which is uh, Rebecca Fernandez. So that's why I was mentioning it, because there's always one person on the team that can benefit you in a huge way. And that's also awesome Absolutely. when you have more than one or two people that can do that because it saves you a lot of dollars, number one. And number two, they're really passionate about you know, the brand and the sport. And want to want to be successful, um, Ashley. How is the LA market? Is it tough to to get your the word out there? Is it you know, are you battling the high schools, and I'm pretty sure you're battling the college. I mean, uh, wh- how are you you know getting yourself to penetrate the market?
3: it's, um, it's challenging. Uh, there's there's so many uh, sports that happen, so many different uh, groups that are out there, I mean, not just football, um, between uh, soccer and, and college things, and... Uh,
1: one second. LA,
2: L.A. is huge, and, and you would think that we wouldn't have a huge issue, um, but there's a lot of recreational sports in L.A. I mean, there's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of meetup groups. So... That's where we kind of find the trouble is, you know, everyone's associated with something, whether it's flag football or it's soccer or it's softball, adult sports. Um, So so that's where we kind of find the trouble, even though there's tons of athletes out here, and I feel like L.A. can dominate the WFA. It just takes time. We have to do a lot of marketing. We have to get out there and get in front of people's faces. Um, We have to partner with people. So um, it's been a challenge we've been. Very successful lately. Um, we've changed a couple of strategies as far as marketing wise, and, and we're trying to have more of our players involved as far as reaching out. Um, also, throwing some type of incentives in there as far as um, you know, bringing two or three players to try out. You get a percentage taken off of your your um, your players fee. So um, it, it's just a, a strategy that we have to implement and, and, and stick to. But it's I think over the past two years, as far as our recruiting, has gotten a lot better.
1: The business mindset, kind of like mind-blowing in a way, because a lot of people will throw at you going, uh, you're going to mortgage your house for this type of sport. It's not profitable. I mean, (laughs) have you heard that line before? You know what I mean? Everybody's like, what are you doing? You're going over the hill. And so, you know, we get it a lot from a lot of teams where owners, Mm -hmm. even, you know, family and everybody else, they don't see the benefit out of it. But ultimately, you know, to your point, it does take some time because mm-hmm. in order for you to be profitable, you still have to do internal things very well yeah. for you to even penetrate a market. And you know, as a small business owner, uh, sometimes that's very rewarding. And a lot of people don't see that initially because everybody wants this gratification of, you know, the dollars just flowing in and we're good to go. And this, this doesn't happen. Yeah. That's not reality. So, um, so you guys have done. Pretty well in that aspect of it. So, the colleges do the colleges benefit you if you're like out there on game day at USC or UCLA or is that something that you know people are like? Whoa, you got women's football. Do, do, do people react that way?
2: Oh, all, all yeah, time. it's surprising. Yeah, glad you. Are you there?
3: I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, my phone's acting up. Yeah.
2: Sorry about that. No this. problem. It's, it's it, it definitely is surprising. Um, the college recruits. Um, the good thing about them, they're just naturally athletic. I've I've come across a lot of players who are coming directly out of college and know nothing about football, but become one of the best players. Um, but it's definitely shocking to them that we even exist. I would say the problem um, with that is just the level of commitment. Um, because it's a huge commitment, and I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. And we try to send that message out and and translate that to them, but it's very hard to get someone to be committed for, you're talking about six, seven, eight months of commitment financially as well. Um, you know, so it, that's a bit of a struggle. But um, the, the response that we get all the time is, what, do you guys have a women's tackle football team? I don't even know that exists. When they come out, they love it. They enjoy it.
1: Um, so. Yeah, and the, the good thing is you don't have uh, a real, you know, shocker anymore because it's kind of the norm in some areas of the country, but it's very shocking when you're in a big metro and you do have one, and I think people kind of react to that like, wow, there is a team here and I can participate mm-hmm. in or, you know, work with. Um, so, Ashley, uh, I'm going to hand it over to Holly here. She's got a couple questions for you, and you already know who Holly is, I presume. And um oh yeah. So our right, I'll start from Seattle. We'll have Holly here throw some uh questions out to you guys.
0: All right. Hey guys, how's it going? All right, good. Yourself? Good, good, good. Um, so a couple things. I just wanted to give you guys some prompts. I know you guys have been working really, really hard and I have to say, you know, I haven't played you guys directly, but I've played uh, with some of you in all American games and some of the camps and stuff and Every player I've met from your team, especially the last couple of years, they all are really good people, solid players, hard-nosed football people. They're humble. They play hard. And I think that speaks volumes to the organization that you guys have uh, um, created. uh, Thank you. And I want to give you props on that because not every team has that. And it's easy to see when you meet anybody from your team they, they definitely have a bond and a connection with everybody else in their team, and that's, that's something that's valuable that you should uh, be proud of. Um, and, uh, you know, really now that the Central Cal team is gone, are you getting players from that team or from other teams um, that are wanting to play for you or have you heard of anybody? Uh, uh, y- yeah, yes, we have. Um
3: we know there'll be several players at tryouts, and um, a lot of players express their interest in and in, in coming down to playing with us. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see Saturday what what we're going to be working with.
0: Okay, well, that's that's pretty much to uh, to be expected. Anytime there's a big team that that uh, goes down like that, usually there's still players left that still want to play, and they mm-hmm. scramble to try to find another place and another home to play. Um, and what brought you guys into football? How did you find out
2: about it? Uh, what is your individual story? Uh, you go first, Tokyo. So uh, mine's a little interesting. I It was around the time of the Olympics, I think the 2008 Olympics. I can't remember. Um, but I seen like somewhere in Japan it was some sort of football that women were playing. And I was just like, I think I could do that. So I YouTubed it, and I see right down the street from my house, this is the time, um, the Quake was um, a team in the IWFL, I tried out for the uh, California Quake, and I haven't stopped since then. Um, Football pretty much kind of saved my life in a sense. I was going through a really bad time in my life, and I've met some great people to this day. My best friend um, that I have, I met her. She was the first person to ever talk to me on the team. So um, football has pretty much just been my life, saved my life, and I've met incredible people and gained tons of friendships and family from football. And uh, my,
3: I had a, a roommate that actually played played for the the Warriors here before when, when they were the Lynx, and she actually to come out and to play football. I thought we were gonna play like two hand touch or something, and these women had on shoulder pads and helmets, and they were hitting each other. I had no I had no idea that there was women's football because I wanted to play in high school, but my, my parents wouldn't let me. So, yeah, I, I went that day, and I, I haven't I haven't
0: stopped going since. That's awesome. I love hearing everybody's story. And as you guys know, you know, once you, once you start playing this sport, it's like a fraternity. You might meet people from around the country, around the world, and not have a clue about anything about them other than they play football, and therefore they must be awesome and your instant friends. That's something that I love about the tour. Um, And as you also know, we all have our own pregame rituals. Uh, Do you guys have rituals that you do, and what are they? Tokyo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So um, I have a travel ritual. Uh, My travel ritual is that I stay in my room, my hotel room, with the lights dark and the air conditioning glasses. Don't ask Why? (laughs) <laughs> but it's just been a ritual. Also, um, I have a no drinking policy on on game weeks, um, and then Friday nights I like to just do absolutely nothing and watch film. Um, I like to give myself like a peace of mind and relax before I go out and, and, and knock somebody out. So um, that's that's pretty much been the same, and just kind of going over the checklist, last minute stuff. But mostly, I think my rituals come into play when we're traveling. And uh, myself, I
3: um, honestly it's this band called Streetlight Manifesto, and I have to listen to a particular, and it just gets me ready to go. And I have a red belt that I got my rookie season for my pants, and I, I pretty much wear that every every game. I swear, one game I didn't wear it; it was awful. So I don't I don't take it off hardly.
0: I totally totally understand that. My rookie year, I had one of those. Um, Mouth guards, and it has a little attachment that you stick into your uh, uh, face mask. And oh, yeah. The first game I played, the little connector broke, and then I oh, just had to hold on to it. And since that oh, day, wow. I just hold on to my mouth guard. I, like, I put it in during the play. I take it out after, you know. And people are like, where's your mouth guard? Like, it's in my hand. And it's just something <laughs> that, like, that I, I had to do in the middle of the game because I didn't want to lose the mouth guard. And now it feels weird if I don't do it. So it's kind of crazy how that that sort of thing happens. Uh, What was uh, the most funny moment of your season last year?
2: Oh, Oh, man. Well, I'll go first. I think you should share the Pete when Pete knocked over one of the players. I think the most funny,
3: yeah, it's when our running back, uh, Priscilla Gardner, number 43, uh, we were playing uh, Ventura at their home, and um, we had some rookies come in got, um, to to you know, get some experience. And we had a lineman, and she was running, and she yelled at her, you know, move or you know get out the way, move faster. And she didn't move, so she kind of nudged her with her shoulder, and she knocked her straight down like a plank. It was the funniest thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got you got to you got to move. I've had to do that yeah. previously when I used to play running back and. And uh you're like, Okay, let's go. <laughs> that that,
2: have been, that would have been really funny to watch. Anything else? I I have to agree with I have to agree with GA that was probably the most yeah, we we're still laughing <laughs> to this day about that. Did you get it on film though? Oh yeah. We, we yeah. did you replay film. it over and over? That was definitely oh, yeah. a good film session. <laughs> that we to, yeah.
1: I feel bad was, for the person um, that got knocked down. <laughs> there, was,
0: uh, one play, there was one play that I had a few years ago where I was playing defense And I couldn't see the ball because the sun was in my eyes And it hit me right in the face mask and knocked me over And I swear to God, oh, wow. I replay that over and over and over Whenever I'm having a bad day Because it's hysterical So I think we should all have like blooper reels and just, <laughs> I think it's great. right? Um <laughs> What do you guys think uh, we need to do as a sport to, pro- uh, to progress the sport?
3: Um, uh, more unity overall um, from team to team and, uh, you know, trying to represent themselves and their league uh, to the best of their ability at all times. And then, you know, ultimately to have, like, one really strong league across the nation – You know, in time, hopefully that's able to happen. But for now, you know, for any particular league that you're in, to, you know, just represent it to the best of your ability and, you know, bring something to the table um, that would help, you know, sponsorships or, you know, ideas. That's how I feel about it.
0: Awesome. Uh, What do you think, if you had a potential player coming to your tryouts, what would you tell them is the most awesome thing about playing this sport? Uh,
3: I, I play defense. I love defense. Uh, your first tackle that matters. Or, I mean, if you get like a tackle of loss or a sack, um, just, I don't know how to explain it. When you're on the field, like the feeling when you're on the field and, you know, the first play of the game and you just go for it and, you know, you can zone out and just go into robot mode and, and do your job, you know, that's a, a great feeling, being on a field with, you know, 11 with, or 10 other people and everyone doing their part, you know, to be successful.
2: I would say even though this is this is a sport, the huge takeaway for me and, and that I will tell anyone else is we're not just a team. We are a family. Um, you can be the best player on the team or really athletic, but at the end of the day, we need each other. Um, on and off the field, and you Mm. look to your left and you look to your right and you look to your sisters, and we've created a lot of friendships, a lot of bonds, and um, we're essentially a family, and that comes first because at the end of the day, when when it's game time, you have to rely on your family to to, to get that W. So, um, you know, you have teams that are out there that are not really teams. You just have all-star players just on the teams, and they don't really have that bond, and you can tell. Um, and with our team, I believe you could tell we're family. One is down, we pick the other up. Um, so that's what I take away from, from being a part of the Warriors, and that's what I would tell anybody. At the end of the day, this is my family. We're, we're, we're not teammates.
3: You guys are family. Our family, I guess their team?
0: That's awesome. I mean, that's, that's the way that I, I view it, too, and I think, um, I think, that's the X factor in sports that a lot of people don't realize exists. I mean, if you're if you're just an average sports fan watching, you don't understand the dynamic in the locker room and how important that is. And if you have that family dynamic, it will take you way more further than if you didn't.
2: Mm-hmm. And when
0: all things are equal, talent, coaching, and everything, the team with that dynamic is going to win most of the time. So that's great that you guys have that. I'm really um, excited to see what you guys can, can do. I know the West Coast has, you know, changed a whole lot this off season, So um, I'm excited to watch you, and, you know, I'll be rooting for you in, in my own little way up here in Seattle. And um, I'm, I'm glad to be able to take some time out and talk to you.
2: Oh, thank you, Holly. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it.
1: Now, ladies, um, the process to get from – you know, day one of, you know, game day to the end of the season usually comes with injuries and stuff. I and mean, we're talking about family and stuff. Um, how does that transition for you, Ashley, um, when you got a player that's injured? We've talked about it in the past. Uh, is it something that everybody bonds together here and tries to get them back on their feet because we've got insurance issues or they're not covered enough? And, and I know a lot of teams do, uh, you know, affordability or they do something – to help out that individual player? Is it the same concept on your team as other teams?
3: Um, you're saying as far as um, helping them financially to to get back?
1: Yeah, I mean, not necessarily financially, but, you know, uh, there's a lot of times where players are going to need uh, certain, you know, certain family members to transport or take care of them or do something to help them back, oh, get yeah, back yeah. on their feet. Um, so I, I know a lot of teams do, you know, individual fundraising internally as well as, you know, a uh, percent of whatever the team earns or something they give back depending on, you know, how they work it. But uh, it, it is it is a family environment, you know, it's kind of a small business family environment.
2: Yeah, actually, yeah. Um, we, we had just, a player yeah. who got injured at the very beginning of our season, I would say probably early February. It was really heartbreaking um, because she was kind of like our our, our our spirit person. She kept us going. She kept us motivated. Um, and to see her go down, you know, everyone was truly affected. Um, but we were able to come together and support her. We did a little fundraiser for her. Uh, we collected uh, money and other things that she can use um, in the time of her recovery. So that's just a prime example of how our team comes together um, and, and, and how we're family. We're here to support everyone as we can. Of course, we all have our own families. Um, you know, we all have our own obligations. But uh, there again, this is a player that's down and is going to need our assistance. And, um, you know, we came up with a collection to, to help her get through her recovery financially and, and other things that she needed. So we definitely support um, our players, and, and we try to be there in the best way that we can in all aspects.
1: And I know it's tough as an owner because, um, you know, you get the – you get into that pickle where you're choosing one player over another, and then eventually you have to get to a situation where it's kind of generalized where you're going to help somebody uh, with certain things only and not go over the top with other folks. And uh, I know that's happened in the past where people, you know, think owners play favoritism to certain players, but uh, it's good to hear that you guys are, you know, uh, on level playing field with everybody. Um, Ashley, from a player to an owner, uh, how has that been for you? Transitioning over to more of a business focus versus on-field play.
3: Uh, it, it's been it, uh, honestly, it was, it was pretty rough uh, the first year and a half or so. Um, but the, the staff, the staff that that we have, um, has been amazing. Um, the, the staff, we had a med- our general manager, uh, Tiffany Humphrey. She she brought everything together. She was like the missing piece for those two years. You know. But um she's retiring from, from management also and focusing on her family, but um, you know, she she was great. Every every I had a partner, you know, Tiff Betty and I, we all worked together to make sure everything got done. Bounced off ideas off each other, um and just, just got things done. You know, we each had our own role and we all did our job and everything went well. And this year we have even more staff on board to do different things for us social media staff, um, PR staff, uh fundraising staff. And then our uh, well, coaching staff, a full coaching staff, and you know, um, people have stepped up and and asked to be a part of what we're doing, and, and it, it feels good, and they're enjoying what they're doing, so it makes things run very smoothly. Mm-hmm.
1: So, okay, um, as a player, yeah. as a player, what what do you see uh, in the in the last two years of changes? Because obviously, Ashley just explained, you know a rough patch there, but then she's obviously successful. Mm -hmm. But as a player, have you seen a a growth in the Warriors in the sense that it's obviously going into a positive? Absolutely. More beneficial?
2: Yeah, I mean, just more organization. Um, You know, TIFF, TIFF was a huge part of just the operations. Um, whether it's practice, whether it's game day operations, and it allowed Betty and GH to to be a player. So just having one person designated to do um, things behind the scenes or or things off the field as far as um, players' fees and fundraisers and travel and things like that, you know, that takes a toll on someone. So to have someone solely – Um, you know responsible for that changes a lot of things it frees up a lot of time it brings a lot of clarity and it just brings a lot of organization and structure to the team also you know our coaching staff um, you know we got a new head coach so he definitely brought in some organization our practices ran smoother Um, you know just having a plan in place it, it was it was a it was a good season to go through. Typically, you know, sometimes you you have a little bit of obstacles, even when it comes to fields, when it comes to coaches not showing up, um, just the structure of your practice. Sometimes you go to practice, you don't know what's you know what's happening today, and there's just no organization. But the past two years, um, we definitely implemented um, some structure, and, and it's helped.
1: So a lot of it sounds like commitment. Uh, people have bought into being more committed, and once they're committed, obviously everything. Is responsible. They take responsibility for being there, just like they would in any other environment in their life, in terms of you know, livelihood, which is great to hear. Yeah. Um, an actual field, uh, Ashley. Have we committed to an actual field, or is it? Are you are, as as we can get one? Because I know a lot of teams sometimes will uh, get a committed field, and then all of a sudden they just change it around, and a lot of that also affects fanfare because if you're not at a certain stable fields, for example, a lot of times people are, Oh, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to drive X amount of miles to to just catch a game or whatever. So is there, is there something, you know, in, in terms of a field stability, is that, has that been aired out or talked about?
3: Yeah. Um, we, we plan on keeping our home field at Rancho Seneca And our schedule will be out soon and I'll go in and book the dates for our home games. And then we actually have, um, secured a, a practice field for the season that, um, I'll be giving out to all my players in the upcoming weeks uh, as to where we will be practicing for 2018.
1: So where is it located at in terms of out of L.A.? Is it on the outskirts of L.A. or the actual the city itself? I mean, from, like, let's say if somebody wants to come out and check out L.A. Warriors football from out of state, where is it normally located in terms of the field or location?
3: Oh, about uh, 20 minutes outside of L.A. Um, And really nice
1: weather, I presume.
3: All day, except for in uh, January, in the rainy season.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm up in Monterey, California, so I can't complain. Only the taxes I can complain about, but that's the only thing I can (laughs) complain about. (laughs) All right. Um, Ashley, the, the warrior, the transition from Pacific Warriors, and obviously Betty and yourself made a change. Now we're committed to LA Warriors. Uh, kind of puts you in that mix with the rest of the l a crowd you know uh in terms of major sports or college and stuff like that, so I think that 's a good change for you guys to put you know put Los Angeles back on the as the staple city name
3: mm-hmm. yeah um, it was it was a good decision for us um, We definitely got got more um, messages online and more people reaching out to us because of our name change. You know, we're easier to find uh, in searches for women's football. You know, women's football in Los Angeles, you know, we're going to pop up. Um, yeah, it's very beneficial to change the name.
1: All right. So, uh, Ashley, uh, my uh, all-star over here and her team just got Under Armour gear for some reason. They they worked out a miracle. Um, have you guys thought about maybe going that similar route in terms of a name brand for apparel or something like that? I know that WFA has done – uh, different things with branding before, but uh, is that something of a focus going forward? I mean, to maybe hook up with something in that name brand type attitude? Um,
3: maybe in the future, but to, to go along with supporting our league, our league has a,
1: a, a contract
3: with our Rebel Sports, and, Rebel sport, and yeah. We, we yeah we get our we get our uniforms from Rebel Sports. Um, trying to stay unified, and that that's one of the ways that we do it.
1: Awesome. All right, so Ashley, um, you guys have been great. in mean, in terms of on-field play, now you're, you guys have got some a nice rhythm off the field. You're in a major market. You got the the War Angels just falling off the map. The surge moving to the IWFL. Um, this has got to be good for you guys in terms of maybe in 2018 making a deeper run in the playoffs. Oh yeah, um,
3: we we know what what we're working with and. Um, I mean, aside from those two, you know, uh, strong teams um, falling off and leaving the league, you know, um, we're ready to work. You know, we come hard every season. And, you know, we're going to keep working hard every season this season
1: also. All right. So say hi to Betty for me. I know she's uh, worked her butt off for a long, long time. Very deserving uh, to have, you know, a team like this. D's now in the league, um, including yourself, and then Tokyo, um, and there's a lot of players that will probably migrate into your team, which makes it even better for you guys in terms of, you know, veteran players that maybe will come from the north or, to, or from the south going up there. So uh, we're kind of excited to see what the uh, LA Warriors are going to be all about in 2018.
3: But yeah, I keep a lookout for us. Follow us on our social media: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And um, yeah, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna put on the show.
1: All right, and so, uh, Ashley and Tokyo, thank you for making the time today. Uh, you, can, you guys uh, need any help or anything like that, get the word out again on certain other events. Let us know. We'll get you on. Uh, we can, we'll can, we be you know, more than happy to do that. Uh, you, can out our, you can check us out on our Facebook page as well on our Twitter feed. And so uh, looking forward to uh, L.A. Warriors' 2018 season and the impact he can make in the WFA and maybe even deeper and deeper in the playoffs, which would be a great story, sort of like the Dodgers' Wouldn't that be awesome?
3: Oh, yeah. Except for we plan on finishing at the end. Yeah, this is a different, <laughs> different outcome. Oh, yeah.
1: I'm I i all root for you then. Uh, I'm an L.A. boy all the way, so, you know, minus the Clippers and the Ducks. You can just throw them right in the hey. garbage. Hey. So, you know what I mean?
0: That's all
1: You leave my Ducks alone. Oh, my God, kind of no. You, you know how crushing that was for them to win the Cup first before my Kings? That's just very crushing <laughs> That was not a good day. Oh, my God. But anyways, it's been a great, uh, great, great time having you guys on. And I look forward to another chat with you guys, maybe in season, as you guys get into the uh, WFA uh, season with on the West Coast. Um, trying to make that, you know, that leap. So are you, uh, before we go, Ash, are you Division Two at this point, or are we staying Division One?
2: Uh, stay Staying Division One.
1: So you're with the big boys the Dallas Elite, yeah. and everybody else. Yeah,
2: we're the best
1: of the best. All right. So, Adessa, watch out. Odessa Jenkins, she doesn't like to lose. She doesn't like losing. And from what like, oh, I get from like you guys, me. you guys don't like losing either. So,
2: Neither. Neither. be great. Way.
1: All right, ladies. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to another chat. Continued success in Los Angeles. Uh, I'll be rooting for you guys as well because, like I said, I'm L.A. boy all the way. So, Go L.A. Warriors for 2018. Hey,
2: thank you. It was a pleasure. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
1: All right, Holly, there you go. Um, Ashley Hayes and Tokyo from the L.A. Warriors. Uh, They're excited. I mean, I would be excited, too. You got – not just because the Angels dropped (laughs) off or the surge is no longer there. Uh, To her, it's like this is – uh, a prime opportunity for them to even stand out even more.
0: Definitely, I think with all the changes in, in the off season, you know, I, I think it leaves a door open for them, and uh, it sounds like they're they're doing the best they can to take advantage of that opportunity. And I think it will be really good for them not to have to, um, you know, have to deal with the shadow of having some of those teams around they can show the world, you know, how great they are. Because I've always thought they've had a great organization. I don't think they've gotten the credit they necessarily have deserved in the past. And now is an opportunity for them to get more of that attention. So I think it will be good for them.
1: It, it's sort of, They're in that same boat that the PDX shockwave was in last season where it's unfortunate they just they couldn't get – further stay in the playoffs because they're in the northwest or whatever the circumstances with this Massey stuff is. So they're in the same boat in that aspect. But now, you know, I think the Shockwave and themselves sort of are able to kind of surplant themselves in the WFA scene. And I'm, that's going to be great for both organizations, including yourself in L.A., especially, uh, you know, L.A. as a, as a staple team now.
0: Definitely. I think the the West coast in both leagues has completely changed. And so uh, it might take a season or two for us to kind of figure out what all that means. But um, that means at least for right now that a lot of these teams have an opportunity to put themselves further on the map and, and make a statement. And so we'll see um, what happens with that.
1: Speaking of LA and LA warriors, Let's talk about Los Angeles Rams. These, these, this team is kicking butt. McVeigh is on point. I mean, who? Fisher who? Yeah, Fisher who is my attitude right now. Who the hell is Fisher? This is, <laughs> Do you remember I mean,
0: last year when, when you were, I had to talk you off the ledge?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh, my God. I I don't know. I'm I'm i Maybe I have a man crush on this guy now because it's, it, this guy just like just a, just gives you that energy and the vibe that you can go in and win every game. I think that's the real change. You know, you're not at the podium going, "Hey, that that team over there is pretty good, and we had a chance to win." No, he he even this past week he even said, "Hey, I, 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 I'm a lousy offensive coordinator, and I could have done a better job in the first half." And I mean, who does that? But he did. And I'm like, yeah, you were lousy, <laughs> nine and three in the first half. <laughs> Who does that? You have offensive power, and then he changes it up in the second half. So, there you go. I think he, um,
0: I think he has done a tremendous job. I mean, if if it were up to me, he would be the coach of the year this year uh, by far. I think he surrounded himself with a great staff, and I think he's changed. Uh, the environment in that locker room, he, he has them buying in to the process. Uh, he is all about accountability. And when I've watched uh, some of these players talk about it, they're, they, they all talk about the accountability factor. And yeah. it makes a big difference when you have somebody in that role because if you have a good leader at the top, and people buy in, then everything else falls into place, especially if you have talent. And if you need an example, you just look at golf, he was god awful last year. And now he has the right uh, you know, coaches in place around him to help him and it and it's it's paying off. He still has some work to do, but he's so much better than what he was. And I think he's obviously yeah, brought Go he ahead, looks Eric. like
1: Kirk Cousins in a way.
0: Yeah, I think he's brought Goff off the, you know, basically his deathbed. I was really close to writing Goff off as a complete flop until this coaching staff came in and helped them. And so, you know, sometimes the NFL is as crazy um, as the right fit, and I think the combination of this staff and Goff is, is really working. And I think you know Gurley uh, is having a much better season too, and. I think really you need to talk about the defense too. The defense is creating turnovers left and right, and the defense believes in themselves, and that's something that they didn't have last year. And I really think, honestly, not because it's your team, I think they're the best team in the division. Pan Thank you, Holly. Right I know I
1: think... it pains you. I know it pains you. <laughs> well, no, it's not a hard
0: thing to say about my Niners because I I know we're not in the ball. And park, your Niners but... won, Holly.
1: Your Niners took care of the Giants. I mean, I saw that game, uh, and I was like, I don't want to root for you. But then it's like the Giants' secondary is just so horrible. And I'm like, there's no way you can't win. You you have to win this game. And my buddy's a Niners yeah. fan, too, right next to oh, my neighbor. And he's like, we finally are going to kick some ass today. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to kick some ass. That doesn't make you feel good, but I guess it, it makes me feel good for you in a way because you're a buddy of mine. But you know what I mean? The Giants yeah. are just horrible. but. But CJ Berzart, he played pretty well, um, and they they played pretty well, so they they deserved to the win.
0: I think, um, you know, it, going into this game, I was like, okay, if we're gonna win any like any game this year, it has to be against the Giants because the Giants are just a hot mess. And you know, CJ, I definitely. Like what I saw from him in this game, I think that he has a lot of potential. I think he's kind of raw, so sometimes he's inconsistent. But I think he played well in this game. And um, I just want to give a shout-out again to Marquise Goodwin. I don't know if you saw um, the story, but um, right before this game, his wife and him lost their child that was just born to complications in, in the birth. And he basically didn't make it public until after the game. But during the game, he, he turned around and played, had a really good game, and he scored on the 83-yard touchdown. And in the end zone, he was really emotional. And I remember watching the, the, it, it live and being like, I'm not sure why he's so emotional. I mean, it's great. I mean, gosh, we touchdowns are so hard to come by for the Niners. I mean, I'm emotional too, but like, I don't understand what's going on. And then when uh, – Story came out, and then like I rewatched it. Like there's just no way not to have tears when you're watching that play when you understand what he was going through. And I and I think it's
1: it's tough when you know real life hits hits home, and when that type of that type of adrenaline for him was for something bigger emotionally, and you know, to have the team win on top of it i think for him you know meant a lot uh given the you know it's just it just is a, it's just not not a good situation to be in where you have to go to work technically and you just you know you were so joyful in anticipation of bringing a new life into your home and all of a sudden it just doesn't work out the way it works out you know and so i think yeah. that's where he got some joy out of it you know what i mean
0: I think it was a big deal too. If you watched the reaction of his teammates, they instantly, um, you know, basically came around to him and covered him, and so that that's a really special moment because you know, like we were talking about earlier, like football is family. There's a bond that you develop with your teammates. It's not like anything else I've ever experienced in in sports, and so because of that bond, you could tell like they they knew it was a big moment for him. And so I think that's something that was special about that team in that moment is that they were able to be there for him. Um, But uh, yeah, we we did finally win a game. um, And I'm waiting to see when they're going to bring, you know, Mr. Golden Boy from from England and, you know, to see what he can do. Uh, I think they're trying to give him a chance to win the playbook, but I'm anxious to see what he has. You know, because if he's a dud, then we we need to find a draft pick.
1: Are you talking um, about your new boy, Jimmy? Yep,
0: yeah, yep. Yeah. I'm just gonna call him Golden Boy Jimmy
1: because <laughs> apparently you can do no wrong. <laughs> well, you can't be TV 12 because that just that's just a mess in terms of a number. But we won't yeah. see
0: that yet. Well, we'll see. I'm excited to see him in action. We we still have like I mean we've come a long way since last year but we still have some holes. We have some holes in the secondary. We have some holes on the line. Um, but one of Holly, the biggest holes has been quarterback.
1: Holly, uh, how would you have reacted if you're on a lousy team like the Niners and then Hoyer gets traded to the New England and then Jimmy goes to the Niners? It's kind of crappy, don't you think, the, the switchover? Like you're going to New England well, and you're just going back to an o- O&A team here or whatever. I was telling Troy, like, that's just how, how – wow. But anyways, I
0: think he gets an opportunity to showcase good. himself. I think it's actually good for Jimmy because I, I think he, like, just my gut feeling, I don't know him personally, but just from his, like, body language and watching him, I think he's been frustrated because he wants to play. And I think that the Patriots are very smart and meticulous about their personnel, and they were holding him as an insurance policy for Brady – And the problem was is that they couldn't reach an agreement for an extension for this year. And he was just going to be too expensive for the Patriots to have. So they're like, okay, we might as well try to get something for him because the Niners tried to get him in the off season, but the Patriots thought they could still work a deal out. So they said, no, but I think the ironic part for Hoyer is that it might, I think it's actually good for both of them in the long term because Hoyer, I think is a backup. I don't think he's a starter. And, but at least now he'll be a backup on a team that wins. So I think it's good for Hoyer. I think it's good for Jimmy because he finally gets out under the shadow and he can finally have an opportunity to play.
1: All right. So, Holly, the Giants are a mess, and Jets fans are still probably having a great time for the fact that they're a mess. Just, they're probably <laughs> laughing themselves out with drinking beer and all that good stuff because, you know, the big, the big Giants pride is – I mean, they're just a mess, anyways. Um, how about your boy over in Miami who loses to Kevin Newton in the and the and the Panthers forty five twenty one.
0: Jay Cutler. He, he looked good in green.
1: He looked good in green with the hoodie. And after that, he didn't look he very just, good. So.
0: No. So Jay Cutler is just not not my favorite person as we've talked about before, and I just I. The Dolphins are, are Jekyll and Hyde this year in, in a chunk of that. I think it's been, it's been Cutler. And he just, like, there was, there was tons of times where, like, he would throw the ball, and you're like, who the hell are you throwing to? Like, nobody is there. Or he just didn't make the best decisions. And I think he might not be as bad if you were on if he was on a team that he just had to kind of game manage a bit but he was, he's never been the quarterback that's going to win you a game at the last minute. He's never been that guy, but he tries to pretend like he's that guy,
2: but then he doesn't care
0: at the same time. So it's, a, it's just horrible if you're a Dolphins fan, I feel bad for you. But I do want to talk about the Panthers because what I saw in that game is they have their mojo back, and they destroyed the Dolphins, <laughs> the defense. They dictated the entire game what they wanted to do to that defense. They ran right at two, and my boy Jonathan Stewart had a, had a great day, and Newton had that big giant smile he has when he's playing well. And I, Carolina is a team, they have a bye week this week. Carolina is a team to watch out for in the playoffs because I think they're getting better. Their defense is getting better, and I think they're getting, they're getting to a point where you wouldn't want to face them in the playoffs.
1: Did the Broncos get exposed? Or are they are they that bad? Because the Patriots put forty one up there, and they, the Broncos did not look good against the Patriots.
0: I don't think the Broncos were good to begin with. I think I think people were kind of still hanging their hat on the Broncos defense from a couple of years ago when they had Peyton Manning. I don't think they're that same team. I, I just like I wasn't sold on them to begin with going into this season, and I just. I mean, here is, like, I don't know, the uh, analogy of the Broncos season is when Brock Osweiler, who's also not my favorite quarterback, rolls out of the pocket. He tries to throw the ball away, and he basically knocks out a coach and and knocks his hat off his head. I don't know if you saw that play. But that is, like, the Broncos season, like how much of a disaster it's been. Um, And I just – their special teams, like, basically their special teams gave up three touchdowns. And so by the time you're all done with, with the disaster at quarterback and special teams full pause, it doesn't even matter if your defense was okay because now the Patriots are out, like, 50 points. So I think they're kind of losing their identity and um, – I think they're they're trying to relive that that uh, Super Bowl here, and I think they need to realize they're not the same team and find their new identity.
1: All right, we got about uh, under three minutes here. I'm going to give you your take here. Rams beat Minnesota. Are they have they arrived? If the Rams beat Minnesota, have they arrived?
0: I think they've already like arrived as far as being the best team in the division. And I think they've arrived as far as being a playoff continuing team. And to beat the Vikings, I think what's going to happen is they're going to get more national attention. The Vikings are really hot and um, and they're, they're getting a lot more attention right now than I think the Rams are. So the Rams are able to come in and, and beat the Vikings. I think what will happen is they're going to be more in the national stage. Um, but I think it's definitely a huge game. It's a it's a playoff contention um, type of game, and it's one of the, the games I'm taking to watch.
1: So uh, Monday night we get Falcons Seahawks. Pretty much a crucial game for Seattle. Another crucial game for the Falcons to stay in the race. So it's a big matchup on Monday night for both teams.
0: Yeah, I mean both both of these teams are. Basically battling for wild card spots, unless something crazy happens, they're kind of in that range right now. The Seahawks are going to struggle without Sherman, and because what happens is when Sherman's in the game, teams tend to uh, pick on the other corners when when um, when Sherman's in the game. And now that he's not there, it changes the the um, flow of the secondary and how they communicate. And even though they still have, you know, Thomas and, and the rest of their um, awesome defense, I think it's going to really affect um, that secondary. And I think Matt Ryan is going to play well. And I think the uh, Falcons are going to steal one, and they're going to need to steal one um, for playoff seating.
1: All right. So thanks to Ashley Hayes and Tokyo from the L.A. Warriors. Wish them a great 2018 season. They have the tryouts on November 18th. You can check out their information on our Twitter feed and our, our Facebook page, or you can go to uh, LA, LA Warriors Football also on social media and check them out. Um, so uh, check out our Christmas stuff at Zazzle.com. Check it out, Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties, and get it early and often. And then if you're in the international scene, go to the Worldwide tab, check it out. And then don't forget to download our podcast on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our weekly uh, podcast as well. For the absent Troy Wilson and for the WFA All-Star Holly Custis Oscar Lopez saying we'll catch you here next Tuesday for another edition of the Gridiron Iron Blitz right here on Apple Podcasts and Blog Talk Radio. Have a great night everybody.
0: Good night.